Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of June 17. In the news. After more than six weeks of ongoing protests, the opposition resistance movement removed their tents from France Square. Armenia's new criminal code will not include the article for grave insults. And Armenia's national airline, Fly Arna, launches its first flight. This week, after more than six weeks of protest and acts of civil disobedience, the resistance movement uh, demanding the resignation of Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, organized by the opposition Armenia and I Have Honor alliances, removed their tents from France Square. Speaking about the movement's achievements and failures during the last rally in the square on May 13, uh, Parliament member Ishkan Sagatelian, one of the protest leaders, announced that they were not able to force Pashinyan's resignation because the movement failed to unite everyone who was unhappy with Pashinyan's government. Sagatelian said they are now recalibrating their strategy and also announced that they will not be returning to Parliament. Meanwhile, the ruling civil contract party is discussing stripping the opposition MPs of their mandates because of their prolonged absences in uh, the National Assembly. And on June 16, the day after France Square was cleared, Armenian Revolution Federation member Geram Manukian told Azadutun TV that the opposition is considering the impeachment of Nigol Pashinyan. According to Manukian, although the opposition does not have enough votes in parliament to initiate an impeachment process, there are members from the civil contract faction who are unhappy and will join the opposition. On June 15, the parliament concluded its third session and will reconvene in September. During a speech delivered in parliament, Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan called on the population of Armenia to gather around the peace agenda. He also stated that any solution to the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, which will provide security guarantees for the Armenian population of Artsakh, will be acceptable for Armenia. At the same time, the prime minister noted that Armenia will always stand by Artsakh. Pashinyan also announced that although the opposition announces that Artsakh will never be part of Azerbaijan, former presidents Robert Kocharyan and Ser Sarkisyan, as well as the Armenian Revolutionary Federation, uh, quote, sold Artsakh to Azerbaijan long ago when they agreed to the one-state proposal in 1998, when they proposed to exchange Meghri with Nagorno-Karabakh, and also by agreeing to the Madrid principles of 2007. According to Pashinyan, the one-state proposal entitled Autonomy for Nagorno-Karabakh within the territory territory of Azerbaijan. By agreeing to give up Meghri, a sovereign Armenian territory, in return for Nagorno-Karabakh, Robert Kocharyan accepted that Azerbaijan was giving up its own territory in return. And as for the Madrid principles, the document gave Azerbaijan the right to veto any decision regarding the status of Nagorno-Karabakh, and it was obvious that Azerbaijan would not agree to any referendum in the immediate future until the Azerbaijani um, IDPs, internally displaced persons, returned to Nagorno-Karabakh. Stated that the two former presidents and the ARF were part of the government and were involved in the negotiations of the of these proposals. Thus, they agreed to Nagorno-Karabakh being part of Azerbaijan. And Rubina, this uh, you know precipitated a lot of discussion. People were saying, "Yes, okay, that was part of the process, but why are you bringing this up now? Nothing was signed." Um, so again, it just created more um, unease, I think, among the population. Well, uh, yesterday during the 9th Global Baku Forum on the threats to the global order, Azerbaijan's president Ilham Aliyev announced that Baku offered to organize a trilateral meeting in Tbilisi among the foreign ministers of Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Georgia to discuss regional cooperation prospects in the South Caucasus, but Armenia declined. According to Aliyev, European mediators also made attempts to arrange similar meetings, but Armenia has again refused. In this regard, Aliyev stated that it was not clear what Armenia wanted, and if 
it is a second war that Armenia wants, it would be disastrous for the country and will be the end of its statehood. Aliyev also warned Armenia against bringing up the status of Nagorno-Karabakh during negotiations, stating that if Armenia continues to call into question Azerbaijan's territorial integrity, then Baku will have no choice but to do the same against Armenia. He also reiterated his demands for the so-called Zankezur Corridor, stating that it should operate in a similar um, regime or format as the Russian-controlled Lachin Corridor linking Armenia and Artsakh. Aliyev also spoke about the OSCE Minsk Group co-chairmanship, stating that it was time for them to retire as the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict has been resolved. This is something he said over and over again in the last two years. Thus, the OSCE Minsk Group no longer has a mandate, according to Aliyev. Aliyev also added that every time Armenia mentions the Minsk Group in regards to Armenia-Azerbaijani normalization of relations, it causes anger within Azerbaijan. And today, Maria, the Speaker of Armenia's Foreign Ministry told Armen Press that Armenia did not refuse to hold, going back to the meeting in Georgia, mm-hmm. to hold a trilateral meeting in Tbilisi. On the country, Yerevan has always been for organizing such meetings. At the same time, uh, the spokesperson stressed that it is important to ensure that these meetings are productive. Indeed. And today, Baku again accused Armenian armed forces of opening fire in the direction of Kelpajar from uh, using different caliber firearms, which Armenia's Ministry of Defense has denied. These kinds of accusations from Azerbaijan have become periodic uh, since the beginning of this year. Constant. Constant, yeah. This week, a number of officials have been on overseas official visits. A delegation headed by Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan visited Qatar, where he met his Qatari counterpart, the Emir of Qatar, the foreign minister, and representatives of the business community. Several Armenian officials, including Health Minister Anahit Avanesian and Minister of Education Bahram Dumanian, accompanied Pashinyan during his trip. The development and strengthening of relations between Armenia and Qatar in various fields uh, were discussed, especially strengthening economic ties and growth of uh, trade turnover. And while in Qatar, Pashinyan also gave an interview to Qatar news agency Al Jazeera. Speaking about the opening of regional communications, Pashinyan noted that the November 9 trilateral statement entails only one corridor, which is the Lachin Corridor, uh, refuting Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev's claims regarding Mm-hmm. the so-called uh, Zangezur Corridor. The same sentiments were reiterated today by Security Council Secretary Armen Grigorian, who stated during the CSTO Security Council Secretary's meeting that there can be no road with in the same sort of regime or logic as the Lachin Corridor uh, through Armenia when speaking about the opening of regional communication. Was this, again, constant uh, narrative being pushed by uh, Aliyev? And it's been made clear uh, by um, the co-chairs of the Minsk Group, the um, European Parliament, right, uh, all officials. There will there be no corridor. corridor. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, Foreign Minister Art Mirzoyan was in Bulgaria this week, where he met uh, his Bulgarian counterpart, the Speaker of the Bulgarian Parliament, and and members of Parliament of the Bulgaria Armenia Friendship Group of the National Assembly of Bulgaria. During various meetings, the prospects of expanding the trade turnover and investments were discussed. Speaker of Parliament Alain Simonian was in Iran, where he discussed a number of issues with Iran's president, uh, the foreign minister, and other high-ranking Iranian officials, bilateral economic relations between the two countries, and the implementation of joint infrastructure programs were discussed during that trip.
President Vahagan Khachatryan is in Russia, where he's participating in the St. Petersburg International Economic Forum. And today, Khachatryan is expected to meet uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin. This will be their first meeting. During uh, a meeting with representatives of the Armenian community in St. Petersburg, Armenia's president noted that the Russian side has accepted that the peacekeepers failed to carry out their mission when Azerbaijani armed forces seized the this hill called Karaguluk near the village of Paruch in Artsakh. According to Khachadurian, uh, the Russian side has launched an internal investigation to understand what actually happened. And more on the diplomatic front. Today, Foreign Minister Art Musuyan received the Secretary General of the Council of Europe, Maria Buric in Yerevan, during the joint press conference after the meeting. Foreign Minister Mirzoyan noted that the Council of Europe is one of the key partners of Armenia in the implementation of reforms in the spheres of human rights, democracy, and the rule of law, adding that Armenia highly appreciates the support of the Council of Europe uh, to the democratic development of Armenia. Mirzoyan also noted that uh, he and the Secretary General discussed the current 2019-2022 program. Uh, expressed mutual readiness to continue the cooperation, elaborating a new 2023-2026 action plan. Secretary General um, Maria Buric noted that since Armenia joined the Council of Europe 21 years ago, it has always been committed to its obligations and added that Armenia should use the mechanisms provided by the Council of Europe to finish um, you know, finalizing the electoral code, media, and constitutional reforms. Mirzoen also emphasized the fact that by attempting to resolve the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict by the use of force in 2020, as well as by invading the sovereign territory of Armenia, Azerbaijan has grossly violated its commitments undertaken with the accession to the Council of Europe, and this must be properly addressed by the Council of Europe and its member state. Maria Buric, uh, on her turn, welcomed the recent meetings between the leaders of Armenia and Azerbaijan and the First Border Commission session, adding that a level of trust must be created between the two countries. This week, Justice Minister Garen Andriasian announced that the new criminal code, which will come into force on July 1, will not include the article of um, grave insults or offending others' dignity in a, quote, extremely indecent manner. According to Andriasian, grave insults or insult was criminalized to halt polarization and the spread of hate speech in the country. And now, through discussions with the prime minister, it has been decided that um, grave insults will be now decriminalized. However, media and law experts point out that it was decriminalized because of international pressure, not because all of a sudden they realized that it was a bad thing. Well, uh, in the years since the law was adopted, approximately 800 criminal cases were filed, 50 are already in courts, and six people have already been convicted. Many of the cases which ended up in court uh, concerned grave insults addressed to Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan. Shushan Doidoyan, the founder of the Freedom of Information Center in Armenia, told Azadetun in a in an interview that the people who have been charged under the grave insults law must be cleared of all charges and similar amendments to laws usually have retroactive force. The former head of the artillery department of Armenia's armed forces was arrested today. According to Armenia's National Security Service, the major general authorized the purchase of military equipment and rocket artillery, which, according to the statement, states, did not correspond to the required technical description. 
what I'm assuming here, Rubina, is that whatever was written, what he actually purchased, were two different things. The NSS noted that the equipment and rockets were uh, used during the 44-day war, and because of their inferior um, technical features, military operations were not successful. The director and owner of the arms company uh, was also charged. And the National Security Service of Armenia has revealed new cases of state treason and espionage. The NSS reports that two servicemen were recruited by foreign intelligence services through social media and provided them with military information. One of the servicemen was paid around 2800 and the other around uh, $900. US Over the last year, several such cases have been discovered by the NSS when mainly servicemen of the Army and Armed Forces were recruited by foreign intelligence services through social media. And uh, the statements by the NSS never say which foreign intelligence service. Mm -hmm. Of course, Wow. Also this week, Armenia's Corruption Prevention Commission launched a criminal case in connection with the misuse of COVID funds uh, based on investigations carried out by the Ministry of Finance and Armenia's Audit Chamber. Last month, the Audit Chamber revealed that government funds allocated to manage the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020 were misused due to incomplete or absent accounting mechanisms. According to the study conducted by the Chamber, the Ministry of Health mismanaged the planning process to handle the COVID-19 uh, outbreak and its financial oversight of state funds was lacking. In 2020, the Armenian government allocated 26.5 billion Armenian drums, that's about 58.6 million US dollars, to the health ministry for the prevention, control, and treatment of COVID. The audit chamber noted that the Ministry of Health provided no accounting or specifics on how those funds were spent and did not provide accurate information on who was hospitalized during 2020 and on what basis. In its report, the audit chamber also noted that the cost of treating COVID-19 patients significantly differed from hospital to hospital throughout the country. The chamber also found discrepancies in the ministry's accounting of how the funds were paid out to um, medical staff and administrative staff at these hospitals. The agency cites the example of Yerevan's Scientific Center of Traumatology and Orthopedics, where the ministry allocated 117 million dirhams toward the payment of salaries of people that didn't exist. The chamber concluded that due to the lack of control mechanisms and oversight in the Ministry of Health, those uh, hospitals that were reprofiled, as we say in Armenia, to treat COVID-19 patients were paid some 152 million dirhams, more than actual salary expenses. It's always a case of oversight, isn't it, Rubina, in the country? They... We're good at it. <laughs> Not having it. Yeah. Well, uh, this week, Armenia's national airline, Fly Arna, was launched. The airline was created in cooperation with Emirati Air Company, Air Arabia, on June 13, after the official launch of Fly Arna. The head of Armenia's Civil Aviation Committee, Tatavik Revasian, announced her resignation, stating that as civil aviation is undergoing significant reforms in Armenia with the launch of the Armenian national airline, she has decided to embark on a different journey as uh, as an entrepreneur. Revazian was appointed as the head of Armenia Civil Aviation Committee in 2018. Today, Miran Khachadaryan was appointed as Armenia's new head of the Civil Aviation Committee. Prior to his appointment, Khachadaryan served as the deputy head of the committee and um, was also a pilot. And in other news, last week, the director of Yergir Media TV station, Baghdad Yesayan, was detained in connection with a criminal case launched for an attack on the Azadatun radio station 
Reconciliation Offices the uh, night when the trilateral statement of November 9 was signed between Nikol Pashinyan, Vladimir Putin, and Ilham Aliyev. Bagrat Yesen was one of the persons who entered Azarutin's office that night. Yesen was detained from the building of Yergir Media. Uh, well, it's been almost a year and a half since this incident. Right, and he's just being uh, yeah, detained now. But yes. it was a scary night, Maria. Do you remember watching this, this people just storm into a TV uh, media station mm -hmm. and demanding to destroy their servers? Yeah. And this is from it was one journalist editor evening. to another. It yeah. was... Well, the ruling civil contract party has nominated Pashinyan's assistant, Anna Vartabedyan, as its candidate for prosecutor general. The incumbent, Artur Davitian's term, uh, will end on September 15. There was no clarification as to why Davitian, who assumed office in 2016, uh, you know, wouldn't be reappointed. Anna Vartabedyan served as deputy minister of justice back in 2019 and became Pashinyan's assistant on legal affairs in March of 2020. And today, during the weekly cabinet meeting, Armenia's government decided to allocate 338 million Armenian drums, that's over $800,000, as benefits to athletes and their coaches. According to government decision, athletes who won world championships will be given a monthly benefit of 500,000 Armenian drums. Those who ranked se came in second will receive 400,000 drums, and uh, third place holders will receive 300,000 drums. Olympic and European champions and athletes ranking second and third places, as well as coaches and doctors, will also receive monthly allowances. The uh, athletes will receive these benefits as long as they uh, keep, their keep, their, keep their titles. Right. And also, uh, during today's cabinet meeting, the government decided to allocate 4.3 billion Armenian dirhams for the renovation and completion of uh, approximately 53 kilometers of roads. The reconstruction of 34 kilometers are from last year and will be completed this year, and 17 kilometers um, will also start this year as well. And this week, the Nobel Prize winner, Ardem Pataburtian, was in Armenia to participate in the Business and Science Days 2022 event as a speaker. The event was initiated by Armenia's Ministry of Economy. Uh, Pataputian also met different officials in Yerevan, including uh, Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan, and visited local universities and the National Academy of Sciences. He also gifted a replica of his Nobel Prize to Armenia's National History Museum. And that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend, and we'll uh, be back again next week.